podcast is designed to analyze the games that we love, headlines of music, and the movies we can't forget. I'm your host, Wendy Burns, and my counterpart, Save Bob Morris. How's it going, man? Blue game. Hey, man. Blue game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just want to say this before we get started. Put some respect on LeBron Lebanon James name, please. Talk about it. Man. That performance, man. That performance, man. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. He doesn't have a bag. (laughs) Bro, he's year 21. His bag is full like Santa Claus at this point, bro. Like, there has to be some apologize. I'm glad Stephen A. said something. Apologize. But oh, LeBron James an apology because look at what I said the other day. To Shannon Shop. We own the Clippers. We run LA. Are you ready for this? Clippers gonna bust their ass tomorrow night. You know you what? I'm just, saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, tomorrow night. I'm not talking about that later on. They might, because the Lakers already beat them. But tomorrow night, Clippers gonna get at them. It's true, I said it. Now, in my defense, <laughs> I thought Paul George would be playing. Paul George not being out there. I mean, had something to do, but on this particular morning, LeBron James was sensational, man. PSA, PSA, man. And it's so ironic that Jay Z was on 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 the sideline because it's like, allow me to reintroduce myself, right, LeBron, right, <laughs> right, bro. And it, that's his biggest comeback in his career, man. Everybody's playing their part, but man, I just want to. Just tell people, like, you better enjoy this now, hearing while LeBron James' name while it lasts, mm-hmm. because he's it's coming to an end. And then we'll see him try to coach or be in a, you know, general manager type vibes or player scouting, whatever. But it's just just bask in the glory now before it's over with. But put some respect on Bron's name. Then people, are sure. like, people are going to be like, where's Bron? Where's <laughs> Bron? Like, no, no, don't ask. No. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> He's enjoying his life. <laughs> well, we have a lot of topics to get into with this one. Obviously, some NBA ones, NFL. <clears throat> going to do some album reviews in the second half. We're going to do a review of past lives. But start off with, with thoughts on the Celtics, you know, current dominance. Um, Boston is still first place in the East and are on a, on pace to win 65 games. Multiple guys can obviously score in, you know, double digits. They're um, defensively uh, versatile. And I feel as though, like, we are seeing a Celtics team that is, like, probably of this current re- reiteration one of the best that they've had in recent years. But obviously the signs are going to be, the questions are going to be, can they get it done in April and May, April, May, and June, hopefully. Um, And my one reservation is what's going to happen when they get in a street fight in a series? What's going to happen when they face a physical team like Miami or, um, you know, Milwaukee possibly like, like what have been your current thoughts on this, on this season for them and how well they've looked? You know, I'm glad they're backing this up. You know, because Jason Tatum said he was the best player in the NBA, and they're backing yeah. it up by being the number one. But what what people don't understand about the East, it's always up for grabs when LeBron James left that side and went to the West. So now everybody has an opportunity to be number one. The, the number one spot has changed, I think, five times this season. It's it's a shuffling it's a shuffling card, man. Right, and you have the Cavaliers at number two who never – I didn't think they were going to uh, be number two or top five or that matter, but the East is up for grabs. But what I've seen from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're being consistent in the regular season, especially after the break. But what I saw some life is was Porzingis. Uh, yes. The last game had 23 points, uh, 
perfect from the free throw line, getting to the basket, finishing at the rim. I don't think that's been the difference maker and them guys being consistent night in and night out. Obviously, we know they're very uh, talented on the bench and on their starting five. But like you yes. said, what's going to happen when they get to the playoffs? And we've seen this before, and either an injury plague them or they don't show up. They don't know how to be aggressive to uh, another aggressive uh, basketball team, another squad. So I'm I'm not convinced yet. Like I said, the number one spot for the East have been shuffled, like I think five times to be exact. And I'm just not – so they're playing great basketball, which we expect from them with that with them, the guys coming off the bench and that starting five. But I'm I want to see once it gets to the postseason. Is are you really do you really think you're the best player of the world? You have to prove it. The bullseye is on them, man. The bullseye yeah, for on sure. Them. If, there, if there's ever a year where they have to deliver, it's this year. Yeah. Hey, him in that interview and what he said, and him saying, I want to be the next face of the league, you are putting your front <laughs> street. To show, okay, when when you face Miami and Jimmy Butler's staring right at you, right? <laughs> he's in Jimmy Buckets mode. You got to got to show something. You got to. Or, or when Joel and B comes back and they and he's, he's hopefully he's he's hundred percent healthy. That's going to be a problem for them too. Has been a problem this season right before, it, and they just beat him obviously uh, right. without Joel and B. And they they've been on a, a losing streak without him. So. It's, it's, it's going to be uh, – I hope he comes you, back in. You, you said that you feel, you feel as though the Sixers might fall into the playing spot. If uh, Yeah. Which, honestly, with how That's what it looks like. It's looking like yeah. that. It's really looking like that. Because I think Embiid, with what he was doing when he was currently with them, um, clearing away the MVP. He was clearing right. away the MVP. Like, he was right. about to run away with it. But then injuries get in the way. Um, and now getting to, to Monty Williams, uh, ran about the late no covert for the Knicks win um, this past Monday night after another critical late game situation that didn't play out in the Knicks' favor. Um, instead of Detroit getting whistled for a foul, um, Williams believes his team should have benefited from one. He stormed off afterwards saying that that was the worst call of the season and didn't want any questions. Um, the absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big time game like that and there be a no call. It's ridiculous and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game and that was not fair. I'm done. Um, and obviously this is, officiating has been something that's been currently, I mean, constantly mentioned in terms of yes. uh, certain teams yes. being like, okay, we're not getting a fair, fair amount of calls. Other teams are getting the advantage. Even um, Steve Kerr, when they, when they played, um, when the Warriors played the Nuggets Christmas Day, he was like, man, like they got to the free throw line almost like every possession in the second right. half. Um, what did you think about Monty Williams' statement, his frustration with it? <laughs> and obviously, um, you know, the Pistons, only eight game, only eight, eight wins overall. Sorry to frustrate it, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but you obviously, this just adds, you know, insults to injury. Right, and I think... His aggression, his is his him being really upset at that call. I think it yeah. was warranted because oh, yeah. that was a blatant foul. Like you can't do that. 
And we've seen another play in college basketball. I think it was his Texas Tech in was it Texas? It was in college it was basketball. Tech, yeah. When yeah. the guy literally tackled or ran into the guy's shoulder in and it causes big flurry, they did it right. They injected him. It wasn't as, you know, aggressive as that, but you have to make the right call. At that point, it's already frustration in that organization. They, they had a record of the, the most losses and an NBA season streak. Like, it's so many things going on there, and they just need a win. They just need some... Uh, just a win, just something that happened yeah. great for them. And that call, I, I believe, because I would have been pissed too. So as he came to the presser, he was like, where's the New York, where's the New York media? Nah, because that was, cr- yeah, yes, that should have been a foul. That should have been going. Yes, yeah, they they missed a they missed a call there. And I think they that, really yeah, they that was blatant, literally blatant. I understand about letting these players play, but that's in a big moment. And that was a loose You're ball foul for sure. You're taking it too far. You're taking yes. it too far when it comes to the, hey, let them play. But y'all are taking it to an extreme. Like, yeah, we, we, you still need to step in and actually right. and actually show some some uh, some accurate decision making because that was just come on. Any yeah. even a casual viewer would know that wasn't right. What <laughs> exactly? You it wasn't I mean? a flop so, or anything. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah. you say that. A casual viewer definitely would like. A casual hey, viewer would be like, like, hey, come on now. Like, what? That's, That's happening. <laughs> y'all love Charles. That? Without a foul, right? Charles. <laughs> Yes, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, another another thing I want to mention with the East is, man, the Knicks are. A, there's a lot of optimism, and it may be because of just obviously with how well they look when they're all healthy together. Uh-huh. But is it crazy to say that the Knicks could possibly make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Is it crazy to say that this year when it comes to a, an East an Eastern Conference that is kind of wide open and Jalen Brunson is doing what he's doing. Julius Randle obviously needs to come back, but is that, is that a crazy statement to say that the Knicks with what they can do um, and how well they've been able to, to stay afloat in the top of the East? Could they, could they make that run to the East Conference finals? I don't think it is because like, once again, if you're a casual listener, viewer of basketball, you don't know what's going on. The East has been shuffling Every spot has shuffled. There's not been one team that stay here, unless they're like, you know, 11, 12, 10 in that area yeah. or whatever. But I do think they have an opportunity. We talked about Jalen Brunson when he is he that go-to player, and we need a couple more seasons to see that. I think he has solidified, okay, this is my team. Yeah, but I do stamped it for sure. But yeah. I do think without Julius Randle, he I think he's that that left-handed guy. And once he when he when he's consistent. I think he's one of the, the best scorer, big man scorers, five, four or five scorers in, in the league. But he has to come back for them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's oh, a lot of things. Yeah. yeah I, there's I a lot of things that, that have to happen. To. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he comes back and he's consistent, he, he, he drops 20, 25 points and, and plays great defense on the other side, I think they have an opportunity to do so. But I do think it's be, will be because Jalen Brunson has solidified himself. I'm that guy. This is my team. I am an elite basketball player, and I think he has solidified that this year for sure. Man, that would be a special scene. If, yeah, you got the Garden Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. I mean, that, I feel as though in terms of in terms of honestly ratings. I know we talk about ratings. You can't tell me people would not tune in for the Knicks. People, no, people absolutely. are going to people are going to tune in for the Knicks. Like if that actually happens, though, um, I think that would be because. They really, there is a research, there, there is that in the back of their heads of like, oh man, the disappointment. How many times yeah. we've gotten close, we haven't gotten over that. 
Yeah. Um, but I but I do think health is obviously a, a thing that has to be mentioned. Yeah. And if that current reiteration can get back together and get you know plugged in again, I mean, there's no telling. There's really no yeah, telling. Yeah, and we, we can't forget about Mitchell Robinson either. He's been yes. he's been out for a while. I think he's one of that one-two game and, and, and a great defender, and I think right. they're missing that as well. So if he comes back, he should be back at least by March 23rd, they said. I think Julius Randle is probably shortly before or after that. So if they can get back and get those things going, like you said, yeah, for sure, they can make a run for the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if they can win it, but I do think – in the garden, they'll get that they'll get that relive vibe, yes. and you know, you know, Spike Spike Lee is going to be there <laughs> for sure. Front row and center, <laughs> front row and center, faithful, faithful. Um, and, and now getting to to thoughts on like how the, well the Cavs have been playing. Um, they're currently second in the East, and Jared Allen has been extremely pivotal for them as you know, he's led the Cavs in, in scoring in four of the yes. past six games. Um, yes. averaging nineteen point three points on sixty five point four percent and. 11 rebounds during the stretch, man. Cleveland, they have been on a tear. Um, they have been – obviously, they had that disappointing playoff loss um, yep. last year. But I think they really do want to make a, make amends for that um, and show that, they, that, you know, hey, we can get farther in the postseason. Um, Jared Allen, like, he's going to be the mm-hmm. key for them in the, yes. in the postseason to really be that stalwart um, and just, like, really anchor them. What do you kind of think about what Cleveland has been doing so far? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you you just gave Jerry Allen his flowers because he's been a silent killer the past two years. And everybody's talking about, we talked about Darius Garland, we talked about Donovan Mitchell, but Jerry Allen has been the silent killer for the squad on both front court and the back court. So him playing like this, I think the ceiling is really high. Now, we always said Donovan Mitchell, he's had a big man. But he didn't have a, a two-way score. He had Rudy Gobert when he was with the Jazz. And he, I don't think he ever had a two-way score or a big man. And I think he has that with Jared Allen now. Then you have a point guard in Darius Garland. I think at the tail end, he, he could get some buckets. So if, these, if they are continuing to play like this, they're going to make a run for sure. But I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Jared Allen, stepping up and saying that I can be that big man that they've been missing because the Cavaliers haven't had a big man that was consistent. I wouldn't even consider Kevin Love a big man to me, to be honest. He was, <laughs> he was used like a three uh, top of the key, stretch the, stretch, stretch the arm defense out, knock down three pointers, maybe a one, two game. So we haven't seen the Cavaliers have a real big man in a while who can be a two way, two way scorer in a defensive guy on the other side. So I'm glad you gave Jen Allen his flowers. If they, he continues to play like that and he's been averaging those numbers, it's going to be crazy for them. Number two right now, didn't, didn't expect this, but the At difference is, Jer- is Jared Allen for sure. Jared Allen has played lights out. And, yeah, this is his breakout season. Like, if he doesn't get nominated for uh, most improved player, Better. something's crazy. Yeah. most This is he most improved. Yeah, he Definitely. has to be mentioned in that, yeah. Um, before we move on, man, <coughs> the, the fights that have been happening at the end of the game, they, they have been so offended by the 90s players calling. They're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to get you like, get like you guys. We're, we're going to start fighting. Warriors, Hornets, <laughs> Steve Clifford, and, and Steve Kerr, they're shaking hands and talking. And they're like, wait, hold, hold up. Wait, what's, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> it's like when parents are talking and their kids are acting up. In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. One second, one second. Wait, what, what you better cut them loose. Cut them loose. <laughs> man it's 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 been non-stop fights at the end like what have you thought about this because obviously people are people are, are talking about certain things with the chippiness at the end it's bound yeah. to happen yes. but it's almost been a, a rise that we haven't seen in, in a while for the nba right 
And this, this is what I don't want to happen. Everybody, even the old school guys, even Chuck, uh, you know, Sh- uh, Shaq, uh, all these other old school guys saying, man, they ain't going to fight or blah, blah, blah. Do not talk about, oh, there's a standard. You got to do this. You can't do that. Do yeah, not create that narrative. <laughs> criticize when you guys did it and then criticize them for not acting on the aggression as besides pushing and all this stuff. Like uh, the guy from Detroit punched a guy before the game, got arrested. So if you're going to talk about the the, 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 the nature of the, how soft the game is, do not comment on the result of you talking and what's happening and result of that. Do we do we condone that on full scope? Absolutely not. But it's it's part of the game. They're grown men. It's aggression. It's going to get to that point at some point. So yeah. we don't condone that in full scope, but we like it. <laughs> we, <laughs> well, we, we like it. Savon's corner likes it. <laughs> <laughs> we like Thumbs it. <laughs> we don't condone it, but we like it. <laughs> we don't condone it, but we like it. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's wild. Hey, that's what we do here. I mean, that's, that's what, what we do. do. We'll oh, yeah. Thank you. We'll yes, well, to the green. Yes. Yes. Come on yes, now. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, Bronny, man, keeps getting mentioned. Bronny keeps getting mentioned. I'm and Ron, he had enough. He had, he had enough. This up. Put it up, put it up on Twitter about, you know, the unfair standard he's being held to. But I want to say this, LeBron. Come on, Wellington. You did this. You Come on, Wellington. Come on, Wellington. When you when you were talking this summer about man, I've been watching the NBA League Pass. He's better than most of these players. Man, he's gonna come be, on. He's gonna be next. LeBron, you brought this on yourself. Yes, as come much on. As, as much as you want to complain about it, you did bring this on yourself, and I do think we have to hold him accountable for the pressure yes. that that yes. Ronnie is facing. Yes. When we look at this and the players that these the these younger players and and the expectations that they're having to face on a day-to-day basis sometimes it's the most popular player in the world who's bringing it on him and, yeah. and that's what i think that's really happened in the situation and that's what we're seeing the result of for sure and i'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned that i'm glad you put that out there lebron you can't say certain things and then try to retract you can't do that can't do that he's already has pressure on him because he's your son and then you say these things, and then other people are going to back that because they're fans of yours. And then I've even seen receipts of Michael Jordan's sons getting compared to Bronny. Two different players, obviously, and I think Bronny is better than all Michael Jordan's sons. <laughs> but I think people are not realizing Bronny had to come back from a heart problem. Yes. And then his minutes didn't change until further in the season when they're already getting blown out and the standard is already set. So he has to go with that. But we talked about this uh, when we we talked about um, um, what's her name from who goes to USC too, who's playing lights out. Juju. Juju. When we talked about Juju, how, how she started out and now she's being the aggressive. She's saying, this is my team. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do. I think Bronny hasn't got to that point yet, but I don't think we need to push Bronny as much because of that heart condition. We don't want it to get, Something happened again. Something, he passed yeah, out the court. Tragic. Yeah. He's going to need another year for sure. And right. I think if he didn't have that hard thing, I think we would have seen a better polished Bronny. But he's been out of basketball. He hasn't been with the team. The chemistry still not there. He's We're seeing progress every week. But I yes. do think the pressure of being LeBron James and LeBron said he's better than most players in the NBA has brought that pressure. And the people are like, well, we haven't seen it. 
But there's a lot of things you can go into that. But, Bron, do not say things and try to retract them and be like, man, let the kid be a kid. You should have let the kid be a kid. It's so funny. There's this there's this compilation of times LeBron has like said uh, far fetched things, and and this one reporter was asking him like, "Hey, LeBron, what's your favorite scene from The Godfather?" He's like, "Uh, man, it's so many different scenes. It's like nine movies." And he's like, "What's your favorite scene?" He's like, "Ah, man, you pick one." I'm like, "Bron, did you actually watch these movies?" To be talking, sometimes he be talking. He my goat, but sometimes he be talking. He just be talking. Sometimes you just be talking. Um, and, and now getting to it, to our next topic with South Florida making the top 25 in college basketball and their 13-game winning streak. Um, they're currently top of the AAC standings and making a serious amount of progress. Last year, they just won 14 games, and they have a chance at the NCAA tournament berth for the first time since 2012. There's yeah. Every year, there's obviously um, a team that <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Excuse me. South Florida really is showing themselves to be that yeah. team. When you look at what they're doing um, – the success that they're having, and then obviously them wanting to make that that run to the tournament. What has kind of stood out to you the most, and just you know um, the success that they're really experiencing right now? Uh, obviously, the transfer portal played well for them. I think the yes. one the guy that has stood out to me, Brandon Stroud from Ken, um, I think it was Ken, Ken, Kennesaw State, Kennesaw State, yeah, Kennesaw. Yeah, um, he's been playing lights out. He was just a defensive player of the year last year in that in that um, in that conference, and he's I think he's averaging great. Uh, I think he's averaged like 20 points a game, five, five assists, just some decent numbers. I think last time I checked it, but I think him and he's, and he's a senior as well. So the leadership is there. They understand what they're really, really good at. I love them in transition to basketball. They run the court. They do a lot. They play good team basketball, a lot of team chemistry. So to be able to do this and have that momentum going into March Madness, going into uh, trying to make a run, I don't know how far they'll get, but this is a great story. This is gonna—I think it's gonna get a lot of press. There's a lot of a lot of uh, fans are starting to go. They're starting to pack out the house. So maybe that momentum and the fans behind them, they can go and you know maybe get to the Sweet Sixteen. That's why I think they'll they'll stall out right there because there's a lot of good teams. But I think they can make it to the Sweet Sixteen at least because they're playing really good basketball. But man, what a what a story! Back to back home sellouts. I mean, thirteen for well, fourteen game winning streak now. So. But I do think it starts with Brandon Stroud because I've seen oh, yeah. I've seen some clips and stuff. He's he's really he's really good. Um, but I do think if I can project where they'll go or where they end up, I think this week sixteen that's when they'll get stopped. But I think they'll they'll they can cruise a little bit and beat some teams to get to the Sweet Sixteen. It's and I love what they're doing, but it's always funny how like <laughs> the Sweet Sixteen. It's always like you had a great run, but all right. All right. Step yeah. <laughs> it's time to see. Okay. Time. This is steak and potatoes over here. Go eat some chicken nuggets, buddy. Like this is this is where Sweet we get the real. Is always the cutoff point. Like, all right, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Good story. Good it's story. all about the brackets, baby. Like, yeah, let's get down to the nitty gritty. This is, we're about to get to the, the final four. Trying to get the blue bloods in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, we got We got to talk about Cam. And the and the seven on seven brawl, he had a Jalen. Don't Rose call too. it a brawl. Come <laughs> on, that's clickbait, bro. I've been seeing a brawl. That was a a that scuffle a, at that least. That was a scuffle. That was a scuffle. It was literally a, him driving their bodies. And the Jalen Rose hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the whole part of this is when a player is doing something that is literally for people, helping out yeah. people, and this happens. This is there's there's no excuse for this. 
it's ridiculous because he was at, Cam was doing something positive, and you can be be on the internet and say things like you know how Drake said the Twitter fingers, but when you actually yeah. get in person, Bro, it's different. He's <laughs> it's six different. five two. Can't mess with that guy. Can't mess no. with that guy. And then I saw them do a an interview saying that Cam started it, and then that obviously he see his brother getting grabbed, he's going to try to fight back. I tried to listen to Cam's explanation. I didn't get through it. Um, but he didn't say it wasn't his seven on seven tournament. Three of his teams uh, were there to participate. But I do think a lot of people think Cam, Cam is going to be Cam. And that's not a negative. Cam's right. a talker. He's, he's, yeah. he's flamboyant. He's out there. Yeah. But he cares about his teams. He cares about the community. He's been Always. doing this for what? 15 years, 11 years. He's been heading hands on players staying at his house. He spends $25,000 each tournament for like, it's a lot of money that goes back into it. But yeah. I do, I do. I, I've been telling this to my friends. I'm glad he didn't swing. Same. I'm glad all he did was grab them and drive them into over here. I mean, that could have gotten messy. That could have gotten messy because Kev's a big boy. He didn't even have like, bro. He had bloody in the hair, like another bloody just like this. I don't think y'all understood <laughs> what happened, <laughs> y'all. <don't... laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to know what the conversation was. I don't know, but it's, that's not a good look for us. And a lot of people have been taking way into it. We've been seeing the story circulate from um, the nightclub with club I mean, with Shay Shay and o- o- Ocho to ESPN to all these other podcasts. It does not look good for us as a community. <clears throat> we have to understand that. And I, I'm with uh, Shannon Sharp. We don't see these at other camps, but this wasn't a camp. This was a 707 tournament held by somebody else that Cam Newton happened to be there with his three teams. So we're not going to say this is a camp. All the camps, he do get disrespected though. Cam does get disrespected by these kids, but I think that's the language, how we talk to each other, which is, yeah, never mind. I'm not even going to touch that. I'm going to come back to that because I, if I was, if I was a player, I wouldn't disrespect anybody that's putting on for the community. I'm not going to do that and call them washed up. And then I, he challenged you pays your, to pay your rent for three months. If you can catch on him. I'll give you a thousand, and then dude kept talking. I don't want to go against no has been like, bro. I would never disrespect a never. legend like that, ever. Even Emmitt Smith, what Emmitt Smith did for Pensacola, and him charging for autographs and all this stuff, I would never disrespect him in person because he put he helped put Pensacola on the map. And bro, come on, he's an elder, bro. Come on, chill out. These kids don't have no respect. Somebody said on Twitter, did Brock, did Brock Purdy send the goons out? <laughs> <laughs> bro, I'm sick. Well, it's, you can't make me laugh like that, bro. I'm already sweating bullets Brock, over here. Don't do that. Come Brock sent the dogs on him. They didn't help. They didn't they work. Didn't work, Brock. You don't need Brock. You're going to need Brock. You need, you're going to need some Trent Williams to send to him. You can't see no. Yeah, come on, Brock. You got to send the real goons, brother. We're that, joking. So We're joking, guys. We're not no, being that's serious. Funny. That's so funny, man. <laughs> um, and, and now getting to, to Kirk Cousins um, and his free agency uh, situation. Um, obviously, he's set to be, become a free agent, and the, the Vikings still want to keep him around. And it, it's an interesting position because um, 
looking forward at his career and what he wants to do, kind of getting into that, um, being able to, to still compete at the, at the highest level uh, yeah. and make a run. What do you see for his like outlook, for his future outlook, and what could possibly be the best move for him going forward this year? I think the Vikings should move away from him. Um, just well, just given that he's been there for, what, six, seven seasons, yeah. averaging between uh, QBR nine, you know, 90 through, through 100, averaging almost five, six interceptions a season, uh, and consistent with the numbers, obviously, but has not warranted a playoff berth. I mean, the right. one year they did with the Saints, and then we, we see what uh, – no, that wasn't with the Saints. I'm talking about the Bills. What am I talking about? They have not had a playoff berth since he's been there. I'm crazy. Whoa. With the Vikings? Yeah, I'm I'm crazy. Don't don't, don't listen to me. They did not, not have a playoff <laughs> berth. So with him, they paid him a lot of money to be the starting quarterback. And a lot of people say it's not Kirk Cousins, it's the running game. They – answer the running game several times. Oh, it's not the running game. It's the, it's the secondary answer questions there. At certain point, you can't win with Kirk cousins. You can't win with him. I think Kirk cousins is a mediocre quarterback. And I've been saying that since he was with the Redskins. I, I never thought even when they franchised that he was getting so much money from them and kept franchising him and again, him guaranteed money. He's not that type of quarterback. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. He's a game manager. Pocket quarterback is not going to get you uh, a ring. He's not. I'm not saying a pocket quarterback can't get you a ring, but I'm saying Kirk Cousins can't. But I do think there's other landing spots. I think the Falcons will be the best landing spot for him because I think they're willing to pay that money. They want a veteran quarterback. They tried to draft quarterbacks the past two years. It hasn't, it hasn't worked out for them. Right. They were successful with Matt Ryan. Uh, for multiple reasons, I think I think him, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins lined up as quarterback styles. I think they line up well, and I think that's what they've been missing. They don't need an RPO type of quarterback. They need a pocket passer. They need a field general. They need a veteran quarterback who can mm-hmm. who can lead this ball team. And then Raheem is familiar with Kirk Cousins because he was a DB coach when Kirk yeah. Cousins got drafted. So there's some familiarity there. Arthur, I think it's been some chatter around the league that Arthur wants him, but we will see. I think that's the best landing spot for Kirk. But I think the Vikings should clean, wipe their hands with them, walk away with it, start fresh. This is what you need to do for your ball, ball team. There's some quarterbacks in the draft that you can, can to coach up, get you another veteran guy, get that get that uh, rookie contract, save you some money on the back end, and then rebuild. I think the Vikings need to rebuild on offense for sure. You mentioned the Falcons. Three, they're among three teams that have expressed interest in Justin Fields. Yeah. Falcons, Steelers, Raiders. Yeah. I would really like to see Justin Fields on the Steelers. I think that would be I really do. Insane. I would really like to I see do. that. To me, out of all the, those three teams, I would pick Pittsburgh, and you would too? Yeah, I do. I, I, think, I think what Tomlin was trying to do with Pickett because he's that split duel, he can be the pocket passer but extend plays. But right. I do think Justin Fields would fit there well. Um, I, and I, I think they can they can be creative with the playbook now if they were to go get Justin Fields. I don't think he'll be that much in the market to trade for because they're trying to get rid of Justin Fields to get Caleb Williams or whoever they, they get after the number one spot. And then they have another draft pick. Um, I think at number eight, they'll probably get a wide receiver. If they don't get a wide receiver, it's crazy. But I do think Justin Fields will fit well with the – with the Pitts, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I do. I, I think so Tomlin could develop him a little better and give him a better opportunity and believe in him. I think that's the beauty about Tomlin. 
Pittsburgh's going to find a way to get in the playoffs. Yeah, They're going to always find yeah. a way to get in the playoffs. Whatever quarterback is their quarterback, they believe in, believe in them 110%. There's no lack. You can hear Tomlin talk about it. That's my quarterback. That's who we drafted. That's who we're going with. Even And then the next guy, next guy's up. So, But I do think Justin Fields, I think, yeah, I like him there. I think Mike Tomlin would, would coach him up and love on him and give him something he didn't he didn't get with the Chicago Bears. I think Chicago gave up him gave up on him after year two, for oh, sure. Yeah. They, they gave up on him. Giveaway. Yeah, yeah, they gave up on him. Um, well, Caleb Williams, the presumed number one pick, he said the Bears really intrigue him. Um, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Walter Payton, deep deep dish pizza, deep dish. He's like deep dish pizza, man. I want to go to Chicago. That's PR one hundred and one. That's what I'm saying. You are buttoned up. You're saying all the right things. You're, you're just singing the praise of Chicago, man. You're like, yeah. I can go to Chicago tomorrow because back in the in the, in the season, we were talking about how he said he didn't want to go to Arizona. There were teams he didn't want to go to. Right. He was really being himself and saying things that were not, you know, the, the talk that 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 um, that GMs want to hear. Right. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on his comments about the Bears and obviously the, the potential that that he's going to have as the, the number one pick? There's a mixture of personalities in him. Obviously, I think his dad is a big influence on him in what he's trying to get out. They're trying. He doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have an approved agent from the NFLPA. He has two managers. One one is his dad, and I think other two are they they know their dad or know his dad or whatever, work with his dad for for a minute. Um, and and I think when it comes to saying, "Oh, I, I want mine going to Chicago," that's the the <laughs> the truth of you don't have no say, bro. <laughs> it's like, I got to say that. <laughs> the only reason Eli Manning got out of it because they were willing to trade Eli. Because Eli was supposed to be the Chargers, if if mm-hmm. nobody remembers that. And then he got traded to the Giants because, but I think Chargers got a lot out of that deal and was able to save face. Like, okay, this kid don't want to go with us. Well, we're going we're gonna to milk it. And this is not the first time because, but anywho, but I think, he understood like, man, I have no say. Okay. Now I got to say, cause I got to get these fans behind me. We got to sell tickets, this and this. Like, you don't have no say. Just like, um, with, uh, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush told, uh, Reggie Bush agent told Sean Payton, don't draft him. We're not going. He was like, F you, I'm drafting him. And got drafted, had no choice. This is the NFL. You have no choice where you get to go unless you are a restri- uh, unrestricted free agent or unless you, they tell you, you can seek a trade. That's the only way. That's the only way. So now you got to save face and, and do the PR 101, publicist 101. Well, you got to go out and say you you would love to go to Chicago. But his dad, I think his dad's going to be his downfall because they're looking for to get out their rookie contract or not get a, uh, a rookie contract or something like that I've been reading. So he needs a he needs an agent. And I think his dad's going to get in the way a lot of things. And uh, But I don't like him. With Chicago, to be honest, I don't think you're a fit with Chicago. I don't think I don't see that one either. That one okay. doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And like you said about those comments, PR one hundred and one, because I was like, yeah. April April's right around the corner. He's got to say everything. <laughs> the deep the deep streets. So, the deep deep dish pizza is not even good. People from Chicago don't like deep dish pizza. I've never had it. So uh, man, that. Really lowered my expectations. I'm not gonna go to Chicago. That's what uh <laughs> Chance a rapper and a bunch of other Chicago I'm like, bro, we'll eat deep dish pizza. That's for the tourist. It's crazy. But I've never heard I've never heard any Philadelphians say Philly. I've already heard them upheld the, the, the Philly cheesesteak. Oh, the Philly cheesesteak is like it's different, um, bro. 
Oh, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many different variations of the cheesesteak, bro. That, are, yeah, 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 yeah. That's and they different. said in that scene in Creed, in that scene in Creed where like um, Bianca was like ordering all that. They're like, man, <laughs> nobody orders that type of stuff on a Philly cheesesteak. No, we just random order it and stuff. <laughs> no, you get that regular schmegler. We don't add all that stuff to that, man. I was like, oh man, 2015, bro. What a time! <laughs> what a time! <laughs> Um, and, and now getting to our first album review with um, Rap Fiera and Mikey uh, Tomorrow, uh, the first make to, the first fist to make contact when we dab. Um, this this album it's um, obviously one with a lot of this is a collaborative project. Um, it's one that kind of encompasses a different <coughs> universe of, of, of rap sounds, um, melodic sensibilities. Um, man, this this album was all over the place to me. This, yep. this, this one was was all over the place to me, bro. Uh, because yep, when I when I remember JPEG Mafia. And Danny oh. Brown scaring the hoes. I love that album because it, they they did the chaotic sound the right way. They controlled it. To me, this oh. one was. Just, I I they like the abstract, it. but when but when the abstract is not controlled, it doesn't work for me. This one did not work for me. Not saying that they aren't talented, but as right. an album, I didn't I didn't see the direction in this one. Yeah, it was it was too it was a mixture of hip hop and electronica. It was just everywhere. That, that's what it, the electronica. Yeah, that's the word. That's the word. It was yeah. everywhere. It was. Um, I like the concept though. The concept was dope. You know, Very first to make contact when we dap. I think it was a great concept, but it was just it was too much, too experimental. And then this is not something I would listen to on an everyday basis. Probably not an every month basis. Probably not an every year. This is something like, oh, I forgot I had this in my. In my, in my library, let me let me remember. Oh, that's why it's not listened to. Um, but again, I'm not saying they're not talented. It's just not my cup of tea. Not my it, cup it, of tea. It didn't. This is just one from the jump where, I, and I and this is gonna sound crazy that I'm saying this <laughs> for the first time. I was like, man, I don't know if I can finish this. Album. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and, and, and say what I know. I usually always finish the albums, but this uh-huh. time I was like. Man, I, this 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 is taking a while to, to get through. To get it to, just, yeah. yeah it's, it's taking a while to get through. I think I the thinking, only one even, I like... Oh, but I was even thinking ahead. the first couple of tracks, like, oh, man, they're going to... It's going to... Something's yeah. going to change. Something's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> I think 40, 47 Rockets was my favorite. Yeah. Because I, I forgot, whoever the guy's rapping, his melody and his, his, his cadence was really dope. So that gave me hope. So like yes. okay, this is and then it just didn't like you said it just didn't this didn't change. Come around, but I I like that comment like control the chaos. You like abstract, but you got to control. Does that make chaos. sense to you? In, in yeah, all for sure, okay. for sure, for sure. So when you said it, I was like, yeah, okay, 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 because you can do that, but you got to have you got to make sure it doesn't go to the where it's like I don't even know where we're where you're going with this. <laughs> It's like coloring like, outside the lines. It's coloring outside the lines. Right, that's exactly. And then <laughs> we like, end oh, up like, man. then we end up like John Travolta, just like, just looking around, just, man, just looking around, what's going on? We're waiting for you for that Pulp Fiction review. Hey, listen, we talked about it. Savon wanted to be there for the Pulp Fiction review. Me and Joe had to just finish it, finish strong. By the way, if you have any other Wi-Fi, minutes, my God. yes, bro, yeah. I knew it was going we, to. We be went long. through. We went through. We went. Through, hey, we're we're recovering. We're recovering from a three-hour. <laughs> That's <laughs> so how I look, got sick. We look a little dreary. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wanted I wanted to see his perspective on it. I did go back and obviously listen to it, so it was really yeah. dope. But I wanted that first-hand experience. But if anybody knows any Wi-Fi outside of Cox, please let me know. That's affordable. 
I'm not trying to play an orbit. You want to no invest in Savon's corner being viewable for you every week and being able to listen to. Let him know. <laughs> oh, please. In the comment box in on comments, YouTube, let like us and subscribe. Know. Follow the socials. Yes. Full scope underscore. Full scope. All that. Let's plug it. All that. Oh, all yeah. that. <laughs> we plug everybody else but ourselves. Uh, but box. ourselves. Why don't... <laughs> Drake's like, that's why I didn't give them the odds. Why just And now I'll get into our next album review with Angry Black Men's Legend of ABM and Review. Um, in this project, um, t- to me, when I, when I listen to it, these guys really do... They, re- they really are hip-hop at the core in what they do. Um, the one critique I would have for it is the beat selection. The, the yes. beat selection to me was not good. Was I was like, if, if they were given a different set of beats, I think it would be a dope project. But by track five, I was like, man, yeah. who is the producer for this? I yeah. was like, no, for why real. did you give them this? Uh, I thought that was the folly of it, and that's what didn't make it um, an enjoyable yeah. listen. Uh, what did you kind of think about it overall? Same because I, I I enjoy some electronic um music that's combined with like hip hop and it's obviously you can tell they're they're hip hop guys, yeah. but the, the beat selection I just thought it was just too mundane. It was it was redundant and, and it really didn't allow them to and it was chaotic too. But it was not more chaotic than the last Man, project we listened to. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing on that. <laughs> but I do think the beat selection um kind of drowned their their versatility and their um their um lyricism out a little bit. You can tell they have great flow. They got a nice cadence, nice voices. Um they kind of glide with the beat, but I think it was just overpowering with some of these production. Um FNA was another one. Legend of ABM was another one. I yes. was like, bro, I wish they could have just used another beat. Just use another beat. Um but I do think they're very talented for sure. And then the, the cover art kind of confused me. I, I, I didn't know uh, she's getting kidnapped or um, she looks <laughs> possessed. I'm not gonna like, lie. When I looked at the album, I was like, mm, "That cover, hey bro, that cover hey bro. is." Uh... We don't do this on full scope. We're not. <laughs> no, gonna, we're, not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna show it for this. We're not gonna. We're not gonna show that one. We showed uh, every black man. Show the Kanye and Ty Dolla Sign one, but not. Black <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Not so we gotta one. show it. We gotta show it. We gotta show it. Look at this abomination, man. What? I don't I don't understand. Man. I don't if you understand. go to a sushi bar and you see <laughs> you know, do not you gotta leave. You gotta leave. <laughs> this is not the place to eat at. <laughs> They're killing so, people here. <laughs> <laughs> In those two albums, though, that we just mentioned, the the current theme is obviously you can be talented, but man, mm-hmm. the composition because like this is the inverse of what we've been saying in recent albums. In recent albums, we've been talking about the beat selection being more impressive than the content. Yeah. They've got the lyrical content; they just don't have the beat selection. So yeah. it's like that's it's the inverse, and those two it's a marriage. Those two have to be together. Yeah, they, they, listenability they goes hand in hand with those two to be able to one people listen to the lyrics too. People listen to the beat, but people listen to the beat first, then the lyrics. But yeah, they got they definitely go hand in hand. You have to have those to have successful um, project, EP, whatever the case may be. Yeah, undeniable. Um, in our next album review with, with uh, Pink Panther is Heaven Knows. Um, in the in this debut album from the young pop star, um, she kind of uh, goes into a different array of sounds. Yeah, it was um, different, all right. Very much early, t- and I nah, you're not gonna. Nah. 
K-pop. Very much, very much early early two thousands feels to it. And early two thousand. I, I think it has some. I think it has some two some two thousands feel to it, bro. I, I think I think it did. Maybe mid two thousands. I don't know. I like it though. I thought it was fire. I thought it was a fire. Album. You thought this was fire? Yes, bro. You watch she, anime? She is, I don't. I don't. <laughs> this sounded like anime to me. And all the intros to anime, and it was the same beat over and over. Come but on. you know what? I think she's got that star element to her. I think she can go on a decade run of being a star because she's got a smart team. The features that were picked on this, I think, I think worked. It, it made sense the feature she had on this. There was never one feature where I was like, "Oh man, like why why was this person on the track?" Um, I I like the album a lot. I think mm-hmm. it's it's replayable. Obviously, mm-hmm. if it's not your style, you're like, mm. this sounds K-pop. This sounds like it's Korean K-pop. <laughs> Korean K-pop. Korean pop. That's what it sounds like. Like it was anime, bro. Do you know? Wait. That don't sound like anime to you? Yeah, the vibes of that. <laughs> that song goes crazy at a party. That song goes crazy. At a party. Yeah, in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that song go crazy at a party. I think it does, man. I think they it must does, got bro. sushi there. <laughs> sushi hits. Nah, sushi definitely hit. I wouldn't even hear the song. Like, okay, right? Vibe right. it. Let me get some of that. Let me get some of that. But no. Nah, um, so thumbs down from 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 Save On Square. Thumbs down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I it, it just sounded too too anime for me. I like anime. But it's just like I couldn't get into it because I don't know the lyrics didn't match the beat. I feel like she was supposed to be like talking in a different language or singing in a different language. I don't know. I mean, this is interesting that you that you enjoyed album. this. It's a popular album, man. It's a popular a album. Of, a lot of people, a lot of people have been talking about this one. Do, do uh, you see her as possibly being <laughs> that look? <laughs> do you see her as possibly being able to become a star though? Do you think she has that star potential? She has a market for sure. Um, if people like this album, then I think because for sure it has the anime uh, threads in there. It has that pop. I don't know about early 2000, 2005 pop. Maybe I'm just not a pop guy, but the pop I'm normally listening to doesn't sound like this. So maybe this is bag? like. What's your pop bag? <laughs> um, shoot. Ruel. Um, um, uh, shoot, it's a bunch of names I can't think about right now, but that's why I think of pop. So when I heard when I said this pop, this sound like so like K-pop Korean. This is what that is? <laughs> Mishibishi. No, Mishibishi is wild. That's a wild. Mishibishi. <laughs> 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 hey yo, but now I'm glad the market. Like the market is there. I think the market is there. Yeah, for sure. Marcus. I think I think well, it's a, you should be an AR for real, man. Because Seriously? this is a, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Because you you believe in music that other people wouldn't believe in. That's no shot, but that's I think that's what AR it is. It's pushing music that you feel like has a lane and has a voice, and to be that, just that. And if you have, if you feel like this is good, I trust your ear of music. Cause you you brought me a lot of artists that normally I wouldn't find myself and I'll listen to over and over, like Meta, Clea Soul, um, 
Dixon, I listen to him all the time. Oh, Dixon's so fire, bro. Dixon's um, so fire. Yeah, you 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 found over the past. We've done this for like seven years now, six seven years now. Years. All the music we we review, we didn't start reviewing music until what 2020, 21? 20 during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, during the pandemic. So through those That's years, crazy. I've got so Guys, many we're artists. Yes, for sure. <laughs> we were on um, we were on Hangout then. We're hangout, on hangout then. Yeah. yeah, we were on Hangout still. Um, but now, nah, yeah, yeah, I think you have a good ear for music. But this is just this is this one I just didn't buy with. But I do think you got a good ear for music for sure. And now get into our next review of Schoolboy Q's um, Yearn uh, 101. Obviously, the album album dropping tonight. Um, Blue Lips. And as a lead single man, like he brings so much intensity with the lyrics that he chooses. Yeah. Um, the production goes along with it well. And Schoolboy Q is just one of those guys. He hasn't dropped in a while, but when he drops, it's an impactful album. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an album that is good from front to back. Um, and I think, man, my expectations for this album are through the roof. Yeah, underrated. Album. He played it for mm-hmm. Jay-Z earlier in the week. Everybody is 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 really looking forward to it. Uh, what did you kind of think about this track and, and your expectations for the project? Fire. Fire. Oh, this is definitely a single song. Fire. Yeah, man. This I'm excited. That energy again. It just gives you that energy for like good, good music again. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm glad he's dropping because he's underrated, man. Schoolboy Cuban dropping good music since forever, since 2011, 12. He's been dropping great music. So to for him to um, drop this, bro, it's such a great time, especially TDE. I think he's still with TDE. Yeah, um, so it's good for TDE to start releasing more music from the artist because I like Rayvon, you said, Rayvon yep. dropped a new track with Pusha T. We'll, we'll uh, Surge, Surge dropped a couple two a uh, couple tracks this year. I think we should review. Um, he's in a different pocket. One of the singles he was definitely in a different pocket. I think it was. It was it was a great song. Um, I see no evil by Sir is really good, but now this was this is I think this was a phenomenal track, and then that is number five, which is crazy. I thought this was going to be like later later in the That's album. What I thought too. That's what I thought. But yeah, this is this this is a nice track. So it's just getting me ready for what what kind of vibe he's with. Because Blue Lips, man, you can't get that much from that title, but. The cover is crazy. What is this? That's the cover art, man. That's the cover art. <laughs> it almost ah. makes me think of that one character in X-Men. I forget what her name is. <laughs> ah! uh, 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 Nightcrawler or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> That's wild, Wellington. <laughs> Where my mind goes. <laughs> yeah, that was spot on y'all. <laughs> blue lips mm. <laughs> nah song was fire though so and it drops tonight right drops tonight i know what i will be listening to oh, and, and it's been a while it's been a while so we've had one night where we're just like we all know the first project we're listening to and that's mm-hmm. the one because it's yep. been a slow amount of releases to start off the year i'm out well kanye and tidal signed that was a very very popular release but in terms of like quality releases it, as we haven't gotten that many so i, I think mm-hmm. I expect this this one to be really good, though. I, I, I definitely expect this one to be really good. And me too. Uh, how many tracks do you say is going to be on it? Uh, ooh, let me go back. Um, uh, I think it was like nine. Oh, it's nineteen. It's a long, it's a long project. But we'll see. We'll see if he um 
Yeah, 19 songs is wild. <laughs> but I understand <laughs> it. I get it. We get it, schoolboy. <laughs> yeah, we get it. You ain't dropping he's replying, a while, he's, so. he's replying back to everybody on Twitter. We we man, we understand you're you're busy. You're doing the media media runs. You yeah, gotta be. You gotta give people as, as much music to listen to as possible. Because we know you don't drop a lot, so we gotta <laughs> no. <laughs> we gotta enjoy it. <clears throat> um, and and get into our next uh, review of Lucky Days. Um, uh, that's you. This was a, a recent track that that, that he released. Um, uh, last year, and obviously, um, Lucky Lucky Day to me still has that neo soul feel. Obviously you've mentioned in the past about him kind of sounding more commercial than the indie feel that he once had. And I, honestly, when I was, um, the, the track misunderstood one of his old tracks, I, it randomly came on and I was like, man, I see what Savon was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, sometimes it's just that, like that different feel of what he used to be. And, and, and I, I still like what he's putting out currently, but lucky day. I, I do like this track. But there's a certain pocket that he used to be in that is just like yeah. uncomparable. And I think um, his future music <laughs> and his future song selection is definitely going to be interesting in terms of following the following up this track. Yeah, and I think this track sounds like the last album. Um, Candy Trip. Yeah, it sounded like the last album. And this, I think it was too long. I mean, it had some nice moments in it, but I thought it was the song was too long in its in itself, and you you lose. Um, you lose focus on the track because you'll play it and then you'll be listening to it and be like, okay, this is cool. And then you'll get to a part and you just start doing other stuff because you're like, dang, this is... And that's where we are now in the music industry. It's short, sweet songs, two-minute songs, 2.30. If it's over three minutes, then we... It ain't what it used to be. Like, it used to be four-minute songs, five-minute songs. <laughs> no, we don't do that no more. So, yeah. The instrumentation, though... The instrumentation to Candy Drip. That'd be fire, though. That's the thing. The 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 production that 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 um that Lucky Day still has is just still top tier, man. It's still it still grabs your ear because it's just like. I want to listen to that. I want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Like he still has that ability to me to have great instrumentation with his music. Um, yeah. Now, like you said, did it sound, I was a fan of Candy Drip, but I know for, for you in terms of like a, being an OG listener, you're like, I want that, that core sound that he once had. And he's meandered from that, but I also think that's what happens with popularity. And, right. Yeah. And there's expectations now for yeah. your music from not only the fans, your label. <clears throat> There's a certain standard they cap you at. And that's why I like any artist better because you have expectations or you don't have it a cap of your creativity and it has to set to the standard of this, that, 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 that. No, nah, we think it's cool, but you should change this to adhere to this. So I'm not saying the music is bad, but it's just... You can tell the difference and you can tell the same thing. I said the same thing with Summer Walker and then she got back to her roots of how she writes and how she does that production of her music. It was a classic. So that <laughs> one album when she was in all that pink trash, <laughs> mad trash, like one song off that album and she released it playing no games. That's the only song I liked off that <laughs> Playing album. no games is crazy. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
So. Comprende. <laughs> <laughs> claro, claro. <laughs> we were from Japanese to Spanish. That's crazy. <laughs> Look at the social outreach we have, man. Look at the social outreach. Yeah. We cultured over here at Full cultured Scope. Here. <laughs> um, again, to our last review, it was SZA Saturn. Um, she released this uh, last week. SZA, to me, man, is on a, is on a run. She's on a streak. Um, you like this one? She, I really do like this one, bro. Um, and it's interesting how she put out a live version of it, um, a sped up instrumental. So I think there was an older version that people liked even more from this one mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that they said, but, uh, I thought it was dope. Um, I don't know when she's gonna, when she's gonna put out anything more, but her releasing something so quick is definitely, um, uh, an interesting move. And I think she's super calculated. Her team is super calculated. Um, and whatever they do, there's a purpose to it. Obviously, the SOS score is extremely successful. The album yep. is great. We all love it. Um, yep. But what did you think about about this track and her, you know, releasing so soon? I didn't think she should have released this. Okay. Um, just given how the still the popularity of her album, I don't think this song touches any of those songs on her album. And that's just know. me. Yeah, they definitely no. Don't. So I'm not saying that, but there's a there's an expectation now. I don't think this was a single song. It didn't have the characteristics of a single song. And I think it was it was a little bit playful um, to me. And it wasn't R&B. I feel like it was more pop um, than anything. Well, not pop. I would say alternate. Alternate more than anything. I just don't, I don't, I just don't think if you drop this soon, it has to surpass, in my opinion, and as an artist, it has to surpass what you recently just did. There's no reason for you to drop this soon if this album is on fire still and you drop that. It doesn't surpass any other, the music. Like, is it, should it be surpassed or should it be like, oh man, it's in the same conversation as the, if, if it was, if it was as in the same conversation as one of those songs, would you say, okay, then release it? You know, does it have to be actually better than those because i mean if you're putting up something that's still that that good i don't think it's it's as good as any sos song but i think for what it is i I like it it sounds like sisa so is this is a single song to you no that's not a single song that's that's a deep cut yeah that's a deep cut that's a deep cut for sure but but i i I, to me to me i like it as to me that's a teaser for for what she's gonna do in the future i think she's saying hey this is something i want to put out to let people know what my next project is going to sound like. It's not the SZA hit that that we expect. Like, you know how low was? Like, low, if that, that's or a shirt. Song, you know what I mean? Or yeah. shirt. Because usually, SZA dropped single songs. So, so that was <laughs> yeah. different for her. And it was a really low-key release. She just, I don't know if this was a forced thing about like, hey, it's been leaked before. The track has been leaked. So I just want to get this out. But she was kind of quiet about it until like a couple of days later. Usually, there would be like a big press run. Like with shirt, she did a video for it. She's like, "Camera, okay, right. the video. I'm gonna get you guys hyped for it." Yes. This one was kind of like on a random Thursday, just in the afternoon. It wasn't even like a midnight release. Just like I'm dropping it. Right. So I think this was a forced release, probably. Which is interesting because the mystery is what got her so popular, in my opinion, because she dropped Control and then she didn't drop anything else. And she's been sampling on TikTok and people again, like the mystery is what geared yeah. us up for it. You didn't have, she didn't have to drop shirt for us to get 
crazy for the album. And then you drop this, which is one, not better than any of your tracks on SOS. And yeah, it sounds like SZA, but it's not a single song. Like you said, it's a deep cut. Why is this released? If anything, put it in the atmosphere, just like Bryson Tiller. Bryson Tiller was smart. He he sampled his new um, single that he just dropped a couple. I think it was last week or the week after. It's not a. It's not a. It's it's all right. Take a bougie to Ray on Drive. Oh yeah. I listened to it. I was like, your guy, oh, your guy. <laughs> better than the entire song. The entire song yeah. wasn't really that good. But I would do something like that. Just sample this like you did shirt. And people will run through it, run with it, and then you get prepared to drop something. Else. That's just my opinion. But if it was a forced drop, I don't know why. Because, yeah, I probably won't listen to this. Yeah. Ever again. No, nah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on a project or something. I want it to flow into something. I think this that's what it it sounds like. Like like you said. <laughs> like, I, I think the transition is going to be crazy. Like, I think it's going to be a crazy transition. I really do. Because that, and it, because that's what makes songs like that so great in the future. When we actually hear it in the album, we're like, man, that, I see the vision behind that. I think right now people are just kind of like, I mean, it's, there are people that like it and there are people that are just like, well, I like the older version of it. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I like the vibe. The vibe is amazing. The vibe is amazing. It's a project song. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that the direction where she's oh, going is not good. You're not going to get good. lost in that song when, they, when they're her next album. You're going to get lost when the, when the next yeah. album's grow. <laughs> when it flows into something. Yeah. Like when it flows into something and you just let it play and then it flows and then it goes into that. Then I'll right. be like, oh, that's so dreamy. But yeah. when it stand, when it has to, to stand alone, it's a dreamy yeah. song. Yeah, it doesn't stand alone for me. Like it's not something I'll listen to over and over by itself. If that makes sense. It's not a single song, right? You're telling me you're gonna Man. listen to this over like several times. It's gonna be a rotation. It's gonna be a rotation. But but it's not gonna it's not for gonna have week. that tra- it's not gonna have that transition feel. That no, I already know. I man. Listeners, I'm telling you, I'm bet, I'm betting money that that transition is going to be insane. That transition to whatever that next shot is going to be is going to be incredible. It better you, be. It just it just has that dreamy feel too. I think she yeah, she's very intentional with what she what she releases. So blah, blah blah blah. When I tell you, I literally do not connect to my album at all anymore. And then in the realm of like something shifted in my mind where it was like I've talked about every relationship in the realm mm-hmm. from that perspective. I'm not feeling that way anymore. Mm. I don't look at my relationships that way anymore. I want to be different in general. Like my nervous system is shot. My cortisol levels are shot. I want to be calm. I want to be calmed by sounds, by energy. I want to activate my parasympathetic nervous system, like how I feel when I listen to Cleo. So I want to, I want to feel like that. So I feel like that making music from that space, from a whole space. And then also, I stopped trying to like find the most like hurtful thing that I could say about myself or like she does. I mean the beat fits her, but yeah, just yeah. Well, it's a nose best. 
That's what there, it should have been called. Wellington Knows Best. Wellington Knows Best. <laughs> was there any other music that's been released recently? You've had thoughts on, obviously, you said Bryson Tiller's Sir. He's dropped something. Um, he, yeah, he dropped um, something. Um, I think, is there any, is there been anything? I mean, obviously, uh, we mentioned the J. Cole review uh, yeah. last week. We can't wait for. So, you, quick question though. You think the fall off is going to drop the second half of the year? Because I feel like this might be a summer release, man. Tail in the summer, maybe. Going into the, it'll be dope because it's the fall off. So play on words dropping in the fall. Wow. So that's what that's what I was thinking. Like you're gonna call it the fall off, then you have to if if, if I'm thinking off. how Jake, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, fall off. It's just, it's the fall, like whatever, whatever. So pun intended, but no, nah, um, yeah, I think like he's conceptual. He's a conceptual summer. artist. When I was yeah. listening to Kod earlier this week, and I still like the off season, but I. I saw what you and Joe were talking about. When he makes conceptual albums, the offseason had no concept. No. Nope. It really was just a rapping exercise. That's what it was. Yes, it was. It's like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rap over beats. I thought it was mm-hmm. dope, but comparing it to other albums, he was like he had a he had a strict concept for every project. Mm-hmm. That was the first one where he just kind of went away from something. Even Born Center, I think that's what his concept started to come yeah. alive. Born Center was from top to bottom, which is such a great album. And then KOD and obviously Forest Hill Drive. Like these, from beginning of his adolescence, from him going through the game, him realizing that the game is not what it meant. Like, so those are the concepts in, yeah, offseason. Like really yeah, crazy. Trippy, trippy album cover. Kill <laughs> Edwards is, is funny too, bro. Everybody thought it was a feature. That's him. That's distorted. him. <laughs> That's him. The story. Uh, J. Cole has a has a um, <laughs> alter ego. Alter ego. Kendrick has an alter ego. Oh my goodness! Drake, Drake has an alter ego. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> <They all> do. <laughs> he's Canadian and black. I mean, on, that's, man. that's the that's perfect. Off, one. Yeah, he didn't even have to come up with one. He's like, come on, yeah, I live it every it's day. Us. <laughs> it's us. It's us. <laughs> you straight cheese me, dog. Like, bro, <laughs> that's that's wild. They how they talk in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild man that is wild we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our past lives review welcome back to the show now we're getting to our past lives review and to start with the overview this is a 2023 romantic drama film written and directed by Celine Song and her future director of you starring Greta Lee to you and John Magro follows two childhood friends over the course of 24 years while they contemplate the nature of the relationship as they grow apart, living different lives. At a budget of $12 million brought in, $22.0 million to the box office. Um, it's gotten five nominations at the 81st Golden Globe Awards, including Best Motion Fixer. Savon is still trying to figure out why. <laughs> and in terms of this movie, man, and, and in terms of your initial thoughts on a movie that, you know, it was a t- touching story, um, extremely sophisticated in terms of storytelling. What stood out to you in the movie and what were your kind of your initial takeaways? How it was shot, um, I love how the director used so many um, cutscenes, a lot of transition sequences to show emotion. Um, it's so difficult to shoot long distance on video calls, but I like, I like how they kind of conceptualized it and kind of zeroed in to getting you closer to uh, the characters to see what long distance was, how I'm trying to find this person. I've been looking for this person for X amount of years, but you changed your name. So I think that part was good, but I did think it took too long to get into, obviously it's an hour and 45 minutes, but I think I got to like the first hour and I'm like, 
this is a lot of buildup for the climax, and then the climax wasn't as fruitful as I wanted. Wasn't what you were to be. waiting for. Yeah, it was like it wasn't a big hurrah. And you're this whole movie, you're giving us the background story, you're giving all these things, even when it was like, oh, we need to stop talking. And that the acting to me wasn't really good either. Um, not from not from Greta Lee, but from the other her counterpart, I think his name is um T.O. Yo. T.O. Yo. Whatever his name, who played the her counterpart, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy this one. <laughs> I didn't enjoy. It. I really one sat second. there and tried to get into it, but our the, like the first hour went by, and I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, I like how it's shot. That's why I'm still watching it, and obviously for a full scope. But I was just like, man, this, and I love romantic movies. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's. Wherever it is, I'm a big romantic guy, but I just couldn't get into it. And then the buildup, all this buildup, and then this is what we get. I just wasn't. Do you think? Do you think the hopeless romantics out there listening listening to this episode are gonna <laughs> like this? Do you think they're gonna like this movie? If, if you're a hopeless romantic out there, do you think they will like this movie? I don't think so. I don't think so because it took too long to develop, and I don't think the characters developed well. Um, not saying the storyline was crazy. I mean, we've we've seen kind of these type of movies before. Yeah. You know, Long Distance Friends. They they go to whatever. It's been done so many times. It's, it's been, been done so many it's been times. Done countless times. Yeah, and I just thought it. If you're gonna take this long, the 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 characters have to develop to a way, um, and then it has to keep us engaged. I don't know how you feel, but I, if I'm if I'm a hopeless, helpless romantic or whatever, just romantic, I'd as as a viewer, I wasn't intrigued by the story enough to be like, "Oh yeah, this was a this was a good one." That's just me. I did I did like this movie, but your point about it it took it took a while to get going, like a yeah. long time to get going actually. Um, <laughs> and it's so interesting when I see movies like this that kind of get vaulted up. I wonder in the back of my head, is it because of how well it was shot, and that just gets movie movie viewers and those like you know, higher ups, is that really what gets their attention? You know what yeah. I mean? Cause I think it's a good mm-hmm. movie, but also this storyline has been repeated so many times. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, and I kept hearing people say, man, that's one of the top 10 best movies. of 2020." I kept hearing it. One of the top 10 best movies of 2023. Is that more so off of how it was shot <laughs> or trolls was-, was better than this movie? Okay, that's crazy. Okay, that's too much. <laughs> you almost get on that take. You almost, and then you're like, nah. Because you go, because you're gonna bring it back up one day, and then I gotta, <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I don't think it was the, the top ten best movie in 2023. Was was how it was shot? You think that's what's getting it that this prep, this this amount of press and buzz? Yeah, I do. As well as it has some some relatability to it for sure. Yeah. Obviously, people have been doing long distance or had a best friend they were trying to find and they had a love interest or blah 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 and they then they know that long distance doesn't searching yeah. for that searching for that name on Instagram you're like yeah like hey bro what's her name bro what's her name she was so fine bro like man but now nah, I think it has some relatability for sure but it just if it didn't take too long I think if they would have been more concise in the front end, then they could have been drawn the the last out a little more. 
because all this stuff are going to school and all that stuff. Him have to go to school and the life like all that. You didn't have to show any of that. <laughs> that was a long build up. What was another movie we talked about was a long build. I think was it Mission Impossible, the last one? It's just no, no, it wasn't Mission Impossible. We liked that one. We liked that one, but it was one movie we, we reviewed. It took too long to get to it. And we were like, uh was this like I a newer movie? Was this a newer one? I'm, I'm not sure. But anyways, if it was concise in the beginning, cut all that fluff out. You didn't need all that stuff. Um, and then get to it. Get to them. Him trying like to fill, find you know her. We talked about there's filler tracks and albums. There was yes. like filler scenes in this one. There's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Because this was the indie film, right? What was A twenty four? That was A twenty four. It was A twenty four. You know those A twenty four films, they get a lot of access to the Oscar yeah. conversation. A twenty four is on the rise. I mean, they've been yeah, they legitimate, are. honestly. They've been they very are. legitimate. So. I think this is the first one. I was like, um, we weren't a fan because it's a yeah, like, yeah, yeah A twenty four films. Um, but yeah. Um, and now getting to our, to our first topic with uh, from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, I would go with three and a half because I think, you know, this was an emotional film. Uh, it, it didn't, you know, it stood in that sentimental lane and it captures the beauty, like the beauty of lonely cities with the camera geography of it. I think that part yeah. was how it was shot was, it was impressive. Um, but the duration of, I mean, the process of taking too long to get the ball rolling in this movie yeah. um, and really just kind of like get to the point um, and not just meander through certain scenes, I think that was kind of like the downfall of it mm-hmm. um, from keeping it a four-star film. Uh, to you, yeah. what would be your rating? I'll give it... Um, I'll give it three stars. Uh, I'll give it three stars. I love how it was shot to be able to portray. And I'm, I'm big on the director bringing the scene to life with um, the background, background uh, actors, with the scenery... Building up the scene, utilizing every every inch ounce of uh, the background to enhance the, the characters a little more. I think they did a great job with that. Yeah. But them not being concise and taking out some of this fluff. This film should have been an hour and twenty minutes long for sure. Probably would have been a perfect film if it was like that. Yeah, perfect film. The, the early childhood, you didn't really need much of that. Them walking up the stairs, all those stuff. Them showing why they had to leave. Well, you got that part. You needed that part for, obviously, for the storyline. But some of that- I think um, every step of the way, the thing that I wanted to convey is the way that time and space feels for um, all of us as human beings first more than anything else. And of course, I think that the story of Nora and the one uh, is that uh, she, she quite literally crossed the Pacific Ocean, you know, to be in a different place. And uh, she left somebody uh, behind there um, and she left a part of herself behind there too. And I think it does not mean that Nora's not happy um, being in the place that she is now, but I think that that little girl that she left behind uh, back in Korea should also be uh, acknowledged and uh, grieved um, properly. Because I think that that little girl deserves it more than anything. That stuff should have been seen. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fluff. So cut it from an hour and 45 minutes, maybe to an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, and then maybe it would have been a better better movie or four-star movie for me. But I just thought it took too long to, to get to. And then 
the getting to the climax was. And then oh, I mean the part with with her husband being there when they were all in the same restaurant. That scene was like a a really long one. Really long. I think that was the scene that dragged the most. I I think I know like they were trying to get to the climax of it, but once you got there, you're like, oh man, like this is what this is. Something more. Yes, that's and. And that's what I'm talking about as a viewer. Like, okay, I'm sitting through this. I'm trying to get through the background story. I'm trying to get through the friction of him being there, her there, they on different time zones, whatever. Okay, I get that. But then you take us from this long journey for these characters, and then you drop us right here. It's like, okay, here's the climax. You should watch (laughs) this part. And I'm like, okay, this is this is it. Okay, all right. It was cool. I would say, yeah, top ten. You know, best film 2023. I won't do that. I won't say that. There are some films that deserve the ranking of that, and there's some that don't. No. We go back to 2019, Parasite. <clears throat> and that's one of our, our most uh interesting movie reviews because you were kind of like good. Yeah. But it was able to win the Oscar, but deservedly so. Because I didn't it think was you should have won an Oscar though. Now, I that said was the that. year of Joker. That was the year of Joker. Yeah, I, I said Joker should have won. Yeah, you should have yeah. thought Joker. Yeah. But you 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 were you were on board for Parasite. Parasite was a good film though. Yes. Messed me up a little bit, but it was it was a good film. Didn't expect and it didn't wait. Things. It didn't wait to get Absolutely <laughs> not. Had you glued. Yes. Had you glued, man. <laughs> Um, and now getting into our next topic uh, with favorite character, um, I would go with, with Hey Sung because it, it was an extremely, extremely complex character. Um, you know, Nora even said was idealistic, but still missed the connection they had, and um, the separation kind of affected him more than he really even thought it would. Um, to you overall, who was your favorite character? Nora, I think Nora is my favorite character. Just out of what she had to go through as a kid, the yeah. matter leave. To better life, and then she's going through all these things in New York. And she has to, you know, do all these things, and then she finds a person that she wants to be with, and then things happen. So I think she had to, as I think her character development was better than any other character, and she had to sift through a lot of things to be happy. And I think she was realistic. She was more realistic than any other character in this film. So was well, very believable. Was, very, yeah, very believable character. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. I think she was written well. I think she was written well. The character was. Um, and getting to most memorable scenes, I had one more time. When is he leaving? What if the emotional reunion and, and finally the bar scene? Um, to you, yeah, out of all the scenes, which one would you say was kind of like the most memorable? The most memorable scene was when they had to stop talking to each other, and um, I thought that was. I thought the acting was kind of. Uh, it wasn't as good for the other guys. But I think Norris was pretty good. But I do think that scene <clears throat> was a pivotal part for the disconnection of getting what what not truly getting what you want, getting as close as you possibly can and still be so far away from what you really want. Because obviously they were in two different time zones, two different countries, two different things they wanted and were doing. And they were trying to sacrifice as much as they could, but it just wasn't enough. So I do think that was a pivotal part of the movie to show that they really wanted this, but there's things out of your control that you can't elude or maneuver around. So I thought it was a good scene. Definitely. Um, now getting to most memorable quotes, I had, what if this is a past life as well? And we were already some, 
uh, something else for each other in our next life. Who do you think that we are then from Sung? Um, you make my world so much bigger, and I'm wondering if I do the same for you from Arthur. Uh, it's true that if you leave, you lose things, but you also gain things too from Nora's mom. And then finally, dream in a language um, I can't understand. It's like there's this whole place inside you can't go um, from Arthur. Um, to you, what were some of the quotes in here, or maybe like one in particular that you thought were the most interesting? You you said all the good ones for sure, but I do like how, you know how back in the day, they always implemented the title of the movie into the movie? Yes, yes. And they did it with this one. Yeah. <laughs> we always waited for that. A lot of films don't do that anymore because they it's don't so do that. Cliche. That's a lost art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a lost art. But some people do it ironically and look into the camera when they do it. But I do think um, I'm yes. glad they, they brought that back into it in the past life. As soon as you said, I was like, yeah, I'm glad he mentioned that one. <laughs> and then I forgot who Nora was talking to, but she said, getting married is hard for idealistic people, idealistic people like you. I forgot who she was talking to, but I thought that was was a dope line because marriage doesn't make sense. Marriage does not make sense for sure. But it's what the craziness of love gets you into wanting to be in this matrimony with a person for the rest of your life. And for man, there's no other side for marriage. There's not an upside. That's why I'm not getting married till I'm 69. <laughs> man, that that man, we went on a monologue. He was just like, let me talk about it. Let me talk about it. <laughs> this is my opportunity, talk my TED talk, talk, baby. I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> Classic Savon song, by the way. Go listen to that. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and before we move on with uh with some of the movies that have been mentioned as some of the best from 2023, obviously we're um, a, a few weeks away from the Oscars. You got Oppenheimer has been mentioned, obviously um, killers of the flower moon. Um, Finally watched that. What'd you think? It's not better. Than, it's not better than op, but it's darn near close. Oh yep. my Told you. goodness, man. Yes, I've been waiting for this. Acting their butts off, first and foremost. But dang, that's crazy what they had to go through, yeah, man. Yeah, they had to go through. That's wild. But nah, that movie's, bro. I, didn't, I keep telling I didn't people. Get, I didn't get uninterested at one moment. It was like, oh, it's, it's three hours, so? The master you know who, of entry. The master of entry. Do you not know who directed this? I'll sit there for another. I'll sit there. I'll sit there for, for another thirty minutes. <laughs> I'm ready for a documentary. Give me yes. a ten hour documentary. Give me I'll a watch documentary it. on Scorsese, bro. <laughs> Man, listen, bro. I don't know how he does it. How he keeps people engaged for three hours. How long. he's still able to do this at this point of his career. Yes, it's, just, it's defying logic at this point, man. And still being on every cue. Don't he hasn't lost a step? Marty's old, baby. <laughs> Marty's super old, ladies and gentlemen, and he's still on cue. And Eric Roth and I went through a process of a few years of pulling the script together and the story. And there were some wonderful things in it. We got it to a point where we said, let's sit down and read this thing. I got some friends and we sat down and Leo was there. Eric was good, but there was something about it that I felt we've been there before. And that was the idea of a police procedural. And the character that he was supposed to play, Tom White, was a character that is straight-laced, you know, very strong, very proper guy. And so we thought about it for another week and a half, and then Leo came to me, he said, where's the real, he came to me, he said, where's the real heart of this picture? I said, the heart is with this guy, Ernest, and his wife, Molly. 
The only problem is we don't know anything about artists. Everybody else who've got tons of material on, we don't know anything about them. So we came up with the idea of what if, instead of coming from the outside in, what if we go from the inside out? And I saw what you were talking about on um, last, with, um, we were talking about Tarantino, that he's going to retire. He better not. Oh, no, man. He better not retire. There's only a few directors who are at a level that no one to get to. That's one Tarantino. That's Mark Scorsese. The um the guy who did Op- Op- Oppenheimer, um, Chris Nolan. Um, it's a couple other guy, a couple couple other uh, directors out there too. But those three right there cannot retire. You can't afford to. Not no. afford to. If they because, do, oh good, yeah, good. No, because I'm saying if there's a, they still have that presence of when their movie drops, you yeah. want to go, you want to go, yeah. Absolutely. Those three guys, the big ticket, you want to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And if they do retire, then they have to they have to have a protege, man. And I don't I don't know if they do have proteges. I don't That's know. That's the scary thing when you have a big three in the entertainment industry and you're like, I'm scared to see who's who's coming after. We don't even see a uh, we don't even see a successor. No. <laughs> who's, who's, who's out there? <laughs> Because at some point they're gonna have to, especially Mar- Marty. Marty's yeah, gonna step up. away and yeah. he's getting up there. He's even talking about his mortality. Like he said, "Man, I'm, I'm having to be realistic about retirement at some point. <coughs> Excuse um, me, and just and just know that for my own health, at some point yeah. I gotta step away. Yeah, because those long hours, long days shooting, gotta be there. I'm pretty sure he has hospice. <laughs> okay, that's terrible. Oh, it's bro, come on, now. come on, come on. That's Marty. That's Marty. Our Nobody's safe, relative. Not even Marty. <laughs> Man. Not even Marty. Man. Hey, hey, listeners, when we get up in age, don't don't do us like don't do Wilkins wise like that. I'm talking about my, my social security card. <laughs> Come on, don't do like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and now getting into kind of what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, to me, I, I do like the reunion element of it. Um, even though it, it did take a little bit longer, but I think that reunion aspect was was a very meaningful one um, yeah. in the later parts of the film. Um, to you, kind of what particular ele- element of the storyline did you like the most? I think the, because it was relatable and that yeah. you can, you know, everybody has maybe semi been in a situation, not like, you know, trying to find an old friend, but, you know, having that long distance and realizing that you got to be realistic and we got to step back because this is not, you know, but I thought it was very realistic. And then how, yeah, I, it was very realistic, very realistic. And then I think the character development for Nora's character, I think was the best out of the film. And that what really kept me in it for sure, her character. Cause I'm like, okay, she's changed so much as a person. And then she's real she's real enough to understand, like, yo, we gotta step back. We gotta, we can't, this is not working for me. So yeah, yeah. But I do think the reunion was dope, but it just wasn't like a it was just it was light. Man, yeah. if there's um, okay, so we got the director of Ceiling Song. If there was one question you could ask Ceiling Song about this movie, just in terms of the one question you really want to know, mm-hmm. to kind of like make it, make it, you know, make more sense for you, what what would it be like? What would be one thing you would you would ask Ceiling about this film? Why did you want to develop the background more than the actual gritty of the story? I think that would be my question. Why all the fluff in the beginning where you could have 
developed characters a bit more. Yes. And then cut some scenes down that really didn't have an impact as you thought it did. I guess not to me. I, obviously, this is was 7.9 on IDMB. I think mm-hmm. it was, what's Ron Tomatoes? I think it was like 80% or 90% or something like that. 96. Uh, 96%. <laughs> so to us, I guess, I mean, to, to me, I guess it wasn't. But I will ask that question. Like, yeah. what made you want to develop the back this backstory more than the, the actual um, foundation of this, 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 this love, this whatever going on. So that's something I probably asked. There, there could have been a, like you said, an hour, twenty minutes of just yeah, a flawless film. Yeah, it could have, could have been that. I mean, obviously, the the movie reviewers think differently, but but we yeah. kind of do see that that just drawing out that kind of didn't need to be there in the first half. Uh, and I want to know why people thought this. What what made this movie so? So dope that it was ninety six percent. It was eight out of ten stars. That's star, a high so rating, man. That's a extremely high rating. I want to, and I'll probably go look at the 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 reviews and see like why this movie was so dope. Because as a viewer and who who listen who watches romantic films and not and reads novels, all this stuff, it took way too long to get into it. The climax was um, it was it was it was subpar. And and the acting wasn't all that good to me. So I'm just like, why is it 96%? So some of these movies that deserve yeah. <laughs> a higher percentage don't, don't get, get it. it. I do want to say this. Since we're here, I wanna I'm gonna read a review for okay. one movie director. Perfect. That's what I'm talking about, okay. They say the acting was stellar and it's basically about three people, <laughs> but the story is so deep and layered. It's almost a perfect film with saying so much by saying so little. The acting was superb. <laughs> that's what some of these these movie reviews are saying i get the last part of that review it's saying a lot yeah, but not less, i think that's yeah that's spot on that's spot on that's spot on. that's spot on actually okay 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 i get that i get that yeah because it wasn't a lot of dialogue no. wasn't like crazy dialogue you're seeing a lot of just emotion and the shot, yeah, and processing the shots kind of carried the entire scene, which I thought was beautiful. That's why I gave it three stars. Because we're taken away by the visuals. The visuals, are, yes, yeah, that's what a twenty four films do do for us. Yeah, and that's what that's what a, a good director is. You allow the scene, you allow everything around the characters to develop the scene. I think that's what I love Tarantino so much because he. For him, he allows the scene to happen as it's as it should. He doesn't speed it up fast. He doesn't cut it like like we, we talked about in Glorious Bastards. That opening scene, a lot of people thought that would have been a, a, a long opening scene, but it shows so much character development and how truly smart that dude was. And it's just so much and going Joe's, on. And Joe Joe's got that as his favorite Quentin Tarantino film ever. Inglorious Bastards. I saw that and I did not agree with that one. That was, a, that was an interest. I was. Like, I didn't agree with that one, uh, bro. You're you're talking about one of his top fives. Pulp Fiction is Pulp definitely Fiction. his top five film. Pulp Fiction is definitely. I mean, uh, 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 is Inglorious is Inglorious in his top five though? Do you think Inglorious is is in his top five? Because I because you got Kill Bill, you got Kill Bill Volume Two. Kill both of those are in the top five. What a what a. Film, bro. Oh my goodness. I think Inglorious like number six. You got Kill Bills. Right out the top five. Yeah. You got Jackie. Jackie Brown has speed. You got to mention that. Yeah. You can't Absolutely. go against Jackie Brown. No. Amazing acting. Um, And then you have Pulp Fiction. I have 
um, Goodfellas in that too. And then I also go back and forth from Casino. No, I'm tripping. Oh, I'm tripping. I am tripping. <laughs> Wellington. Wait, no, what no, no, no. T- wait, 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 wait. I'm thinking of Martin. That's Scorsese. I said Goodfellas. What am I talking about? You got but, um, Django. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I said yeah. Django. Yeah, Django. Yeah, I'm sorry. I went to Martin. <laughs> I went to Martin. <laughs> Who's old was, now, no, huh? No, when you were saying it, I was like, wait, he's talking about his top five just ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm tripping. I'm but tripping. Another thing I'm seeing with another one of these reviews, they're literally just mentioning mentioning the visuals. They're not is even it? mentioning any, that's just because I think that's what's, I really, the more and more I look at these reviews, I think it's the visuals that take away some of these people's reactions. Yes. That's what I think. So. Cause you, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And, and if you're going based on that, then for sure, for sure. Oh, I don't yeah, think it's, but like, it's not 96% though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got to judge yeah. the whole, the whole film. Uh, character development was like, yes. Yeah. It's not a 96%. If we're just going based off the shot, then it's in between the 80%. Well, 75 to like 88%. That's where it should be yeah. at. If we're just talking but about visual aspects 96. of it. 96% <laughs> is wild. The word of the day is wild. 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 96% are these? <laughs> wild. And then Killers of the Flower Moon, they're like, um, 80, 81. <laughs> Which is, again, wild. Bro, that movie is killing this movie. That's wild. Come on, guys, man. That's wild, All right. bro. <laughs> Let's get over this. We gotta move, on. gotta move on. 96%. Okay. <laughs> um, and getting to our last topic, 10 years from now, do you still think it'll be watched but intriguing? I, I think this is a, a mix, a mix kind of a mixed answer because when you're when you're talking about it's it all depends on what you're looking for in a movie. Yeah. Like when you're if you're looking for impressive visuals, yes. But if you're looking for like if we're just talking about like long distance romantic films, come on, sleepless in Seattle, you That's got better. that. You know yeah. what I mean? You got There's so many. Ones. You got like you got so many ones that you're just like, oh, I can go to that one. Yeah, we've seen this before and even done better. So I think that's why it's a mixed bag, and it probably won't have that same rewatchability mm-hmm. as those other, you know, rom, you know, r- romantic films will. Right. No, that's spot on, bro. There's this other, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for, yeah, I don't even have to say anything. Well, that was the perfect response. If you're looking for visual. That's it. But you're looking for long distance romantic. There's more movies out there. Sleepless in Seattle was such a phenomenal film. So good, bro. So good. So good. I wish it was shot. No, do not remake it. I'm tired of these. Re- Are they remaking it? No, I'm tired of these remakes, bro. They were remaking oh, yeah. Twister. Oh. We got to review Twister. Have you we ever got, watched Twister? Yeah. They're trying to. Re- they remade it. I saw that Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, nah, nah. No. No. <laughs> no. It looked exactly the same, but getting like it, it looks exactly the same. Do not stop trying to remake these classics. Twist is a classic, man. Stop trying to remake these things. I used to want to be. Yeah, they already did White Man King. <laughs> they already did. Uh, now they're going to try to do Heat, which is they better blasphemous, which is blasphemous. They, uh, I will boycott that's, that. that's in a holy. That's in the holy grail of movies. Come on, you don't. You don't, don't do touch. <laughs> You don't, you don't touch, touch heat, bro. <laughs> N- nothing needs to be touched. You just keep it there. Keep it neat and clean. <laughs> Guy told me one time, don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Now, if you're on me and you got to move when I move, 
How do you expect to keep a, a marriage? Well, that's an interesting point. What are you, a monk? I have a woman. What do you tell her? I tell her I'm a salesman. So then if you spot me coming around that corner, you're just gonna walk out on this woman? Not say goodbye? That's the discipline. Nothing else needed. It don't need no, yeah. You know, Point Break was remade. The second remake was trash. You remember you Point Break? You gonna watch Doom Part 2? You gonna watch Doom Part 2, man? I can't wait for that. I didn't even watch the first one. It's just that it didn't look good to me. I don't care who it is. Zendaya, Lalea, uh, Bautista. Full support. Full support. Full support for Zendaya. <laughs> what they had her in was crazy. No, no, no. That's wild. What wild. they had her in was wild. Man. Uh, to, to, I don't even, you're probably not going to watch the first one, um, but it is on Netflix. But um, <laughs> Zendaya is not on the, is not a part of the film as much as you would think she is. Now the second one, we'll see, but the first one, she was not a part of it as much as she was. Even I I saw some clips. Game. I saw some clips. It wasn't. Oh no! It just it didn't. It didn't like pique my interest. This is come on. This is this might be the movie of the year, man. Doom two, Doom part two, the movie event might be the movie event of the year. I you say. know what I'm waiting for, bro? So. The movie of the year. Kung Fu Panda 4, baby. Scott, I man, will this... be in the movie theater. That's the one he wants to go see. When I'm like I'm trying going to, to go watch it. a movie in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like, to see Kung Fu Panda, baby. Now, well, well intense wide zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see Panda, baby. No, I'm definitely going to see it. Maurice, if you're listening, Dune Part 2, Dune, he's going to go see it. So I, I don't I don't know what Safe gonna... is going to decide. Maurice, Maurice Who's going to see it? Maurice, Maurice is going to see it. it. He's going to go see it. Part oh, two. you want to review it? Yeah, of course I want to review it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's sorry. I <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't pick it up. I'm sorry. So, He's like, yeah, I want to see it. Open invitation. <laughs> like, why do you think I mentioned it? Say, like, yeah, I want to review it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> this man put up 40 points in a blue game. This man put up 40 points in a blue game. <laughs> Come on, man. You gotta stop being funny, man. That's that's funny. Somebody, yeah, I want to review. That's why I mentioned it. Okay, uh, I'm just talking. That's your leisurely pleasure. You can watch it. <laughs> Random Sunday afternoon. You know, I'm gonna watch Doom Part Two. I'm gonna do it. Now, when does it come out? I'll go watch it. I'll go watch. Comes, it. it comes out this Friday. Come out this Friday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to review it next Thursday? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go watch the first one first because I'm gonna be lost. Yeah, probably watch the yeah, yeah. I, I would say watch, watch the, the first one first. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Got Timothy Chalamet, got Josh Brolin, you got um Jason Momoa. Oh yeah. So it's got a, it's got a good cast in there. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, Josh Brolin, the um guy they were in um Old Country for No so Country for Old Men. No country. Talk about another movie. movie I don't want to remake of. Oh, man, just don't you man, touch it. Don't, don't touch it. Don't, don't touch you it. touch it. Javier Bardem was, and he's in he's in Dune as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that's why I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's a good. That's a good duo. 
Okay. Well, that We're watching Doom. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> watching Doom Part Two. Doom. <laughs> the twos. <laughs> That's gonna be the thumbnail twos. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, "What are they talking about in this episode?" <laughs> <laughs> we talking about Doom. We talking about Doom. Doom. We talking about Doom. <laughs> Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendy Burns. I'm my kind of part, Save by Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later. <laughs>